Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm a feminist, but when my hot friend asked me how to ask for directions in Danish, we spent hours on teaching him to say, Din røv er virkelig lækker, which means you have a really great ass, because <laughs> I just wanted to hear him say it. <laughs> He'll be going up to women in the street saying that now, thinking he's asking for directions to the closest bar. I didn't think it through. <laughs> you have taught a man to catcall. That is, that, is, that is the worst time of feminist bar I've ever heard. Let me just quickly send a text. <laughs> so I'm doing ones from listeners. I'm a feminist, but I bought my girlfriend sexy lingerie for Christmas, which is really a present for myself, because I like to see her in it and wear it when she's out. <laughs> Santa baby Go on Something, something, something <laughs> For me Being an awful good girl Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight I could, I could, I could totally I could totally pull that off In a sort of In a kind of little red 90 That's a real guilty feminist though isn't it That song yeah, she's all sort of like, you know, oh, cutesy, oh, oh. cutesy, a cutesy, oh, yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. Please give me material things in exchange for sex. <laughs> if you give me diamonds, I'll probably suck you off. Oh, 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 I know Santa's not real. I'm talking to my sugar daddy, married to Donald Trump. I'll say my love. This I don't want it, but it's part of the deal, and otherwise he'll divorce me. Do 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 do. That's the subtext of the song. Never, like when it comes to Christmas songs, never listen to the lyrics. Anyways, I'm nervous about this next one because it's so true. I'm a feminist, but I was going to wear my Black Lives Matter T-shirt tonight, but all my skirts 
didn't make me look good. So I haven't worn it. I still believe in it though. And I'll cut it off, like I'll cut like the thing off and put it on a, on a dress instead, because I'm not just not a t-shirt person. And I feel like, isn't that the real horror? That last bit will have to be edited out. Everything up until then, everything up until then was endearing. But that last bit, I cannot guarantee people are going to see the irony. By the way, you can buy our t-shirts, which make you look amazing in the foyer. And also phone covers. I'm a feminist, but recently I pretended not to be, so a man could explain feminism to me, because like, I could see he loved to be the expert, and I wanted to sleep with him. We've all been there. All right, all right. People, anyone? No, we've never been there, no. I don't recognize that at all, what a horrible human being. I'm a feminist. But when an audience member came up to me after one of my tour shows and said, I'm really sorry, I know this isn't feminist, but I just couldn't stop noticing how pretty you were. I said, well, fuck feminism, tell me more. <laughs> and they did, we had a nice long chat. <laughs> my hair and my height. <laughs> this is another one from a listener. I'm a feminist. But the other night, I had a dream that I was being spanked by Justin Trudeau in the Fifty Shades of Grey Red Room. It's <laughs> definitely from a listener. Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Show presents The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis White, and tonight's special guest, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, talking about judgment. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. the question mark at the end <laughs> which under my <laughs> can I dedicate this to uh, we got a, a listener message yeah it's my favorite listener message in the world and I can't do it justice but I'll try and read it I'm 13 years old I listen to your feminist podcast anyway <laughs> yeah it's 13 uh, uh, anyway I'm writing to tell you of something that happened to me at school one of my friends who's a male we know the ones. <laughs> Got his pen, licked it, and put it down his pants so it touched the end of his dick, then wiped it across my mouth and stuff. So I got my pen and put it down my knickers so it touched the top of my peach emoji <laughs> and wiped it across his mouth. Now here's the interesting bit. Everyone around me thought the boy was a legend and thought it was funny, but they said I was disgusting and like, ew, gross. But don't that say a lot, you know, how it was different, just because I'm a girl. She's my fucking hero. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? She fucking stuck like a pen down her peach. <laughs> and I'm not like condoning violence or... Like, <laughs> He fucking had it coming. Yeah. That's like the best listener response I've ever had. What, yeah, it really also, what sums I, up sexism in one really horrible story. Really horrible story. But I just love that he he did not see it coming. <laughs> he had yeah. not expected her he to thought, go. Well, give me that. Well, pen. he was doing it as a violent act to humiliate her and yeah. to make her feel dehumanized through a sexual act, a yeah. violent sexual act, and he didn't think. She'd go, well, then, yeah. is this what we're doing? Is this how we do it? Okay, fine. It's what we do. I love it so much. I love it so mm. much. Absolutely. Right? Uh, so we're now talking about judgment. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was your judgment challenge, Soph? So I uh, looked, looked within, and I tried to find out who I judged. And I think that would have been a different challenge before we started doing this podcast. I think I, I've learned a lot from doing this, and I'm in a different place. Anyways, so... Uh, the people I judge the most are people who are right-winged. And I I know we are all like, yeah, but they deserve it. And they do. But, <laughs> but there's not room 
There was a lot of talk after the Trump thing about uh, white people being like, I'm not going to go home to, for Thanksgiving because my family voted Trump and fuck, fuck everyone. And I don't want to talk to those people. And I've done it myself. Like We've discussed like whenever you talk to trolls online and I've been like, no, fuck, I'm just going to block them. But after this whole Trump <laughs> nightmare, I realized that we shouldn't do that. Like I read some articles and what we need to do is talk to those people, which is awful that we had to do that. <laughs> uh, I had to go and see my grandfather and he, because my dad wasn't there when I grew up, he was like the patriarch. He was the man in my life and my grandfather is an awful, 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 awful human being. Uh, he's not related to me, he was my uh, grandmother's second husband, so fortunately he doesn't have kids. Uh, everything will die with him and that is a good thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, if you're going like, no, oh, that's the sound of people who have lovely grandparents. Congratulations. So yeah, he is a horrible human being and he is very right wing. And uh, a few weeks before that, I wanted to get a nose piercing. And the first thing that popped into my head when I wanted to get a nose piercing was, oh, I look like a cow. And that's not something I usually say to myself. And then I remembered, oh, that's because growing up, every time my grandfather would see a woman with a nose piercing, he would point at her and say, she looks like a cow. I told you he was a bad person. So that was in my head. So what I did was I got the nose piercing and I went to visit him and I had the debate. I sat him down and I talked to him and tried to change his mind because God forbid he might live another four years, he gets to vote again. And uh, he, no, he's, he's a really awful person, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not being mean, I'm, I'm being very nice uh, about him. And sitting down with someone who's been emotionally abusive, who's taught you to hate yourself because of your gender, who has actively hated other women in front of you and people of color and like every person who isn't him is hated and taught me as a child to hate. To sit in front of him with a nose piercing that I know he fucking hates and having to look at him and have the discussion and saying, explain to me why you feel this way about other people and then trying to calmly change his mind. And people like that, you, I mean, it takes so much, but it takes nothing compared to what good it would do if we all went home and did that to our racist grandparents. And I think I really had to get over myself and get over all of my like, just white tears and like all that bullshit of like, nah, fuck that guy and just sit in front of him. I don't have a nose piercing in right now because I tore it out when I was asleep two weeks later and it hurt <laughs> like a fucking motherfucker. <laughs> so it's not there anymore, but he got to see it and I got to, um, so he ended up saying after I'd like the most calm I've ever been, uh, I was like pinching myself because I just I wanted to scream in his face. And eventually I, I don't even remember what I said. It was like a four-hour conversation. And at the end he was like, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's that's fair enough. And then uh, he started kind of talking himself out of it because it couldn't be because of me, could it? He was like, yeah, I just had this thought that maybe the right wing isn't good. I was like, oh really? That sounds like what I've just been saying for four hours. Yeah. This is a weird one. So he ended up being like. Since that uh, pretty woman left the Danish right wing party, and uh, you know, I've started seeing that uh, the pretty woman from the left wing, and uh, you know what? Uh, she doesn't look like she's gonna have kids anytime soon, so you know what? I do think she's a better alternative, and I was like, I'll take that, that's okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll, wow. let's just go with that then. That's as good as I can do it this time around. But it was fucking difficult. As a piece of inclusion, not all grandparents are racist. <laughs> Plenty of people have non-racist grandparents. And also grandparents are getting yeah, younger now. <laughs> so no, no, not all grandparents are racist. And, and basically the whole civil rights movement now are uh, the age of grandparents. So there's a lot of grandparents who are much more activated than we are. Please welcome to the stage, Sophie Hagen. <laughs> even know if this qualifies as stand-up. It's just some good news because uh, <laughs> the world's on fire and we're all gonna die. Uh, that wasn't the good news but that was just a fact. Uh, I have a friend, she's my best friend, she's been my best friend for eight years. Right? You know what it's like with a kind of friendship, it's hard to get them out of your life. <laughs> I love her, I love her, she's great, she's amazing and she's, so she's not a homophobe. No, but, but she'll say things like, oh, I could just never, ever be a lesbian because vaginas are disgusting. Like every time I just look at a vagina, I'm like, oh, like, oh, 
like it's just so disgusting like I couldn't even touch like vaginas are just so gross they're like ew ew vaginas like Ugh. whereas I love dick mmm dick 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 nom 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 mmm dick 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 all over my mouth dick dick all over my body dick 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 so lovely they're beautiful whereas vaginas like ew like I hate vaginas vaginas are so disgusting whereas dick I like mmm nom 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 love a dick love a dick everywhere love 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 myself a dick love myself anyway she's gay now She met a woman, they fell in love, now they're a couple. Oh, doesn't that give you hope? Is that the best thing? And she remembers nothing. Like, nothing. She's like, this man at work today, he was such a homophobe. Really? How did that feel? She's like, well, I taught him a thing or two about queer theory. No. Who taught you about queer theory? Oh yeah, that's right, me, for eight years. And I'm just sharing it with you, because she doesn't want me to talk about it. <laughs> and all I want, it's itching in my fingers. All I want is just to call her up all the time and be like, how's that vagina? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> How's it feel now, bitch? Uh, anyways, <laughs> that was just some good news. And I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, have a good, good night. Yeah. Can I do my challenge? Okay, so my challenge was to clock how many times in a day I judged myself. So do you remember that Lynx advert where the guy clicks a clicker every time a beautiful woman uh, smiles at him? Well, now he's wearing Lynx, do you remember that? He's like carries a clicker. So I carried a clicker for every time I acknowledged judging myself. Wow. And I judge myself about every three minutes. I mean, it's really frightening. And I feel like I'm a confident, happy, optimistic person who likes myself. That's the thing is I don't feel like I judge myself. I think, so I'll, I'll talk you through, I wrote some of them down. I'll talk you through some of my judgments just in a sort of average hour. I judge myself for not making a phone call to ask for a meeting which could help me develop my career like a man would. And then I judge myself for making that call and seeming too pushy. Then I judge myself for judging myself for worrying about being too pushy because a man wouldn't do that. I judge myself for running late for the hairdressers. I judge myself for the dark circles under my eyes in the hairdresser's mirror. I judge myself for judging myself because I'm supposed to be a feminist. Why do I care about dark circles? I judge myself for judging myself for judging myself. Surely I'm meant to be a guilty feminist. Why can't I give myself a break? Why do I have to beat myself up all the time? I judge myself for not writing this list of judgments till this afternoon. Why do I always leave things to the last minute? I judge myself for being badly prepared. I judge myself now because the writing of this is very untidy. So I challenged myself to not judge myself for the five minute cab ride between the hairdresser and yin yoga. And the first thing that came into my head was that I had the previous evening eaten three quarters of a pint of haagen on my own just because I was home alone watching The Crown. And it was left over in my freezer from a dinner party. I was not hormonal. I've given up sugar. There was no reason to eat it. I wasn't particularly craving it. I just knew it was there and no one would see me. So I ate three quarters of a pint of cookies and cream haagen Then I got a message from a friend on my phone during the cab ride asking me to meet for a drink before Christmas and I couldn't do any of the times she was free. So I felt bad, I felt like a bad friend and I judged myself. And then I judged myself because I messaged her back when I was trying to be mindful, why was I on my phone? <laughs> that was the five minutes I tried not to judge myself. They were just some of the judgments I made in that time. And I realized, I just thought this is not good because what's this doing to my psyche? And I just didn't know. So I'm now going to try, I don't know what kind of aversion therapy that I can use, but I'm going to try to judge myself less because I don't think this can be doing me any good. Every time you judge yourself, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> a very male, uh, old white man angel gets his wings. Uh, and a lot of companies make a lot of money. Uh, you tell yourself a good thing. Like, you know, I'm going to yoga. This is fucking amazing. Oh, no. I'm doing I, well, I also judge myself for getting worked up before yoga. Like, I was like, you're meant to arrive at yoga in a calm state. And I was <laughs> no, even okay. on time. I was early for yoga. And I gave myself okay. a brownie point for that. Sure. <laughs> uh, by the way, you left a quarter of a... <laughs> what are you? 
you're a monster. <laughs> no, but like, I did. You know, I, I stopped. My, I, I went, come on now. Like, you know, but I hadn't had dinner. That doesn't make it better. That makes it worse. Sure. <laughs> it makes but, it, I, it's just a, it's about like you're in a dialogue or you're in a monologue, I guess. It's just telling yourself the good things back. Like, And we all forget that. I forget that all the time. But when I have periods of time, where like days at a time where I go, like, oh, you're doing really well. You got out of bed today and you weren't gonna because you had anxiety all day and you got out of bed and you showered. That fucking well done. You wouldn't have been able to do that six years ago. You had some sugar. Well done on not giving a shit about this and that. Or, uh, you know, you took a cab. Good, because you knew that the walk would have fucking made you sad. Uh, like, all of the good things. Like, just keep saying yeah, no, good no, things. Yeah, no, no, I do. I also think I'm awesome. Like, no, no, <laughs> I, I tell myself awesome stuff all the time. And I, and I genuinely walk around feeling pretty happy with myself and pretty happy with my life. And, like, I'm doing great things. And I'm very, you know, I'm proud of my achievements. I really appreciate good things. Like, I really long-term appreciate good things. Like, at the moment, I'm renovating my flat. I'm going to have more space. I will appreciate it every day. I'm choosing wallpaper. I'm going to look at that wallpaper every day and love it. I'm such an appreciator of my life. This is what I think, though. If I, as a confident person who feels happy with my life, judge myself every three minutes, I don't think it can be that uncommon. I don't think I'm the only one. I think we just don't notice it. And actually, having a little clicker makes you go, what the fuck? And I'm going to get rid of it because I really don't, I think it's a destructive voice and it made me feel a bit like crying that I judged myself so regularly. I need to give myself a break more, clearly. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, it's Deborah Francis White. We say to each other, no one's judging you. When we know that's not true. Like, at that very moment, we are judging them. But I think we judge ourselves far more and far more tensely and far more often than we ever judge anyone else. We really are our own worst critics. Well, I used to think I was my own worst critic, and then I went to the Edinburgh Festival and <laughs> discovered I was a fucking amateur. Um, but I think on the judgment front, we do, we do. Like, I feel like if you had a friend who was like the inside of your own head, you'd be in a thriller <laughs> with a really evil, undermining best friend. If you came home and said to your best friend slash flatmate, so I got, I, I got, asked, got asked to do a big presentation for all the senior partners at work next week. <sighs> Bit nervous. And your friend went, you. You, you've been asked what to speak in front of other people. Hmm. Is there any way you can get out of it? <laughs> so, why, why, why do you think I can't? Should I, should I get out of it? I, I think you should. You're just not good at things like that. What if you get nervous? And you forget what you're meant to say. And your PowerPoint slides don't work. <laughs> You don't improvise well, do you? Maybe you should ask, what's that guy about Jeff? He's good at presentations, isn't he? Maybe he should do it. Who? Who? Jeff, the one you always tell me he's so good. He's so much better than you at presentations. Why don't you ask Jeff to do it? I think he'd be better than you. He'd never forget what he had to say. He's so dynamic and charismatic. <laughs> Not like you. <laughs> yeah, but my boss is like really, she's like really encouraging me to go up for a, a new role. And I know if I do the presentation, it'll be really good exposure. So I think I should probably do the presentation. A new role. <laughs> what kind of new role? <laughs> It's just sort of like, it's just, you know, it's sort of next level. It would be more money and more responsibility. But I mean, it would be a challenge. It'd be a stretch. How many of the skills would you say right now you had that were appropriate for a new role? Because it doesn't seem to me like you can do this role. It feels to me like you're an imposter. Would you like a gin and tonic? I'm having one. Maybe you should have a gin and tonic to settle your nerves. Because you have got nerves about all of this, haven't you? In a very real way. Well, I, 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 um, I don't know if, I, um, if I've got time for a drink because I'm going on a Tinder date with uh, that guy 
guy I met last week. He was he was he was uh, we were on the Tinder date with uh, yeah. And he's asked me out again. Has he? <laughs> yeah. Or did you ask him? <laughs> Maybe we'll just scroll back through those texts. Have you been reading my texts? <laughs> just saw them when they were out on the counter the other day. Seemed a lot like you'd said, we should do this again. Do you think he would have asked you out if you hadn't said, we should do this again? Seems like you've just offered sex on a plate there. <laughs> That's what he thinks he's gonna get. But the reality is, every relationship you've ever had has ended. <laughs> every one. Not one of your boyfriends is here now in this kitchen because not one of them wants to be with you. And that pattern's gonna go on again and again and again and again. Because you and I both know, fundamentally, you are unlovable. You are broken. You are two-dimensional. You are bad in bed. And you are as much an imposter in your last relationship with Dave as you are in the boardroom on Monday morning. And you're not fooling me. You're not fooling anyone. You won't change, and you can't change. The last relationship broke up, and so will this one. I can change it, I can change it. I've given up smoking, I've given up smoking. Have you? <laughs> and that's my head. <laughs> that's everyone's head, that's everyone's yeah. head. That's I so got that when people laughed. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. That, that's how you know in stand-up if you're if you're weird or not. I just I love doing new material. I've never done that before. That's what doing stand-up is. When you put an observation yeah. out of your head in front of an audience, they go, "No, that is just you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on that one, they laughed, and so I was like, really "Yeah, good. this is not just my head." Yeah, I'll, you I'll, it's new material. Yeah, brand new. Wow. Yeah, I, I just I, I was just, like, which of her old shows has she stolen this from? No, 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 no. I, but then? I. Sorry, are you the fucking sorry. voice in my head? <laughs> Did you write that? But did you? Did you steal it from somebody else? What I meant else? was, did you write that today? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to say today. <laughs> you will know her from such wonderful shows as Broadchurch. But you will also know her, and if you don't, immediately go to iPlayer and get to know her from the incredible show on the BBC Fleabag. Please welcome Phoebe Waller-Bridge! Hello. Hi. How are you? Hello. I've put my glasses Hello. on to be more official. Looking over your glasses can make you look judgy, doesn't it? So I sort of, if I look out at the audience like now, yeah. and I go, I'm getting hmm. like a week on a weekly basis. I get three emails from men asking me if my glasses are real. <laughs> Is that weird? Like only men. Like, Do you think that's not... something about sexy? You know, the librarian who takes her glasses well, off and checks their, them. They're finding their urges. <laughs> There's no way three men a week are wondering about the realness of your glasses for non-sexual purposes. <laughs> I do not You're believe right. people that. who listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. or Even... see Sophie do stand-up. I guess yeah. they look at a picture of her in the paper or something, and they're like, "Well, you need to know, Phoebe. People just look at pictures of me all the time. Uh, <laughs> you need to understand how big this issue is. It's, uh, there are posters." Being but anyway, do you have weird stalkers um, ever <laughs> No, unfortunately not. You no. must have mad fans sometimes. No, no, I'm hoping for at least one to pop up eventually. I <laughs> really think we should edit that out of the podcast because otherwise <laughs> you're going to get more than anybody. No, um, no. You, had, no, you must have had letters. Shouted at the street. What um, do they shout? Do they shout uh, Fleabag! Fleabag! TV! Yeah, things a lot, a lot like that, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever? Do they ever say, "Are you that girl?" Um, <laughs> no. That's what my friend used to get when she had a TV show. Are you that girl? <laughs> Are you that girl? Yeah. And she go, yeah. You get me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of these when people walk past me and they go, "Oh, do we? 
Uh, you don't remember my name, do you? And I'm like, no, I've never <laughs> met you before. <laughs> they've um, been binging, and then you see, you see the person. Quite, that's awful, though. If you've been binging a TV show, and then you see the person in the street, you do feel you know them. And it yeah, isn't yeah. your fault when you go up to them. <laughs> As it wasn't my, my fault that time I went up to Julia Sawala, thinking that we were friends, and we'd met at a friend's party. And we hadn't. We, I'd seen her on the television. Repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, I was doing a play with Olivia Coleman a couple of years ago, and there was one day I came out, and just a whole bunch of people thought I was Olivia Coleman, so I just signed these <laughs> things on the things. I just couldn't get away from them, so I just signed these love letters to them, <laughs> saying that I, couldn't, I was so touched that they came, leaving a phone number. Anyway, this has nothing to do with feminism. Um, judgment. You don't have to talk about Fleabag all night, by any means. Um, but one no, of the interesting things in, about Fleabag is how it's almost all about a woman who is somehow above judgment, in a way. She just says, fuck it, I'm doing it. And when she looks at the camera, she's basically saying almost, I know you're judging me and I don't really care. But she is the biggest judge of herself. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, well, I, uh, I had worked out halfway through writing it that the camera was the pressure, was the witness, and that she had put the pressure on herself in the, in the camera watching her that she has to put on this front. So even though she's like, oh, fuck, I don't give a shit, I can do what I want, that's actually her coping mechanism from feeling like she's being watched all the time, which a lot of women do say they feel like they've just constantly got eyes on them judging every movement or piece of clothing or... Whatever they make, so that was kind of the thing, and that and the relationship between her and the camera is the relationship with her and the and the idea of being judged. But even though the camera's not necessarily judging her, she thinks it is. So that's why she's constantly having to be sort of like, give a shit, and then <laughs> crying by her eyes out when they look away. I I think it's a really good mechanism because I think the 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 idea of now, especially because we have cameras on ourselves so much, I sometimes think the only thing that George Orwell did not correctly predict is we would queue up for the cameras that we pay for the cameras yeah. and we then literally people like film themselves pouring ice over their heads like room 101 scenarios it's absolutely extraordinary um, but we're constantly posing and sort of creating imagery of ourselves that we hope is beyond judgment or we hope will be received well and actually even as I'm saying this I'm realizing like the whole of Facebook is let me put out something that you will judge well it's literally a button to there's the like button yeah which is passed Yes. Yes. Judge, yes. I, well. Yes. We judge. I judge that well. And if something doesn't get likes or it doesn't get retweets, maybe people judged it as wanting. Or also, sometimes I sort of think, will people judge me? Because I put up a lot of stuff. Because my family's, I've got biological family in New Zealand and, and family family in Australia, and and a lot of friends all over the world. So I put up a lot of my like photos if I go on a trip. And sometimes I think people must get annoyed that my Facebook feed is like, oh, I'm in Las Vegas. And they must be Why? like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Why are you putting them up? Well, because, for example, my birth mother only met me four years ago. So she hasn't had any of my life. And so I think it's really nice for her and my sisters to just see where I'm at. Because when I meet up with them, which is a couple of times a year, we know the fabric of each other's life. So we're not going, what have you done in the last six months? We're going, oh, my God, the dog is so sweet. Oh, my God, yeah, tell me more about Vegas. Like, we're, that's what we're doing. Does it not doing. feel that you've got this kind of strange mixed-in audience in amongst that private conversation between you and your family across the world who are people yes. that you kind of have met going, oh, that's Deborah having a conversation with her birth mother about, well, you know, we're the not, pictures. And we're, yeah, we're not talking about it. No, on, but on I mean, like, visual conversations, pictures. or that's what, yeah. she, that's what you're talking about. So you don't feel like there, there could be a way of doing it outside of that with you your have family. You to upload, email into <laughs> individuals. I'm never doing that. Maybe I should just have a fake Facebook page that's only for a well, nearest I, I wonder, because I, I, I was saying the same thing about Facebook and about how I felt very... You came off Facebook, Yeah, judged and chased by it. It just kind of... This whole kind of stress. I don't understand. I was just Facebook stress. I couldn't just describe it better than Facebook stress. And then um, I just went off it. And then this Facebook stress went away. I got a bit of like, oh no, who am I now? <laughs> um, because I sort of knew who I was before because I could say like, oh, I'm that person in that photo and this is my status update. And um, I wasn't that anal about it, but it did. It was a weird feeling. And I do miss out on some things that people have organised that I don't get invited to. Because <laughs> I'm on Facebook and they think I'm a dick because I just didn't turn up to their really special thing. And I'm like, well, I have, I'm not on Facebook. And everyone's like, hmm. For, for all those reasons as well. And I do um, 
have like WhatsApp groups with on my phone for like friends who I want to share photos for. I'm just I'm just turning into a bit of advice about maybe yeah, go on. No, no, but it's, it's <laughs> I feel like Facebook could be kind of like a way of uh, for us to control all the judgment. Like Instagram, for example, is a good like selfies in itself is like a way like gives us uh, a way of controlling that judgment. What imagery we put out there. Yeah, like what we put out there, how it looks, how we want it to be. So it's almost like, so it's not really the Big Brother thing, because the scary thing about Big Brother is that we're being watched, and we never know why or when or how or by whom, where now it's like, these people can see this, I can control who sees it, when they see it, I can put, t take it away again. Uh, it's kind of like our little space. To of, invent ourselves, yeah. Yeah, to control the, like, how people see us. In, aren't we doing that in life, like, every day? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, when I think about being at school, I remember how stressful it was going to school just with even with a uniform with the detail of your uniform and how much that would reflect on you now kids at school having that and then also having their online profile oh, living God. outside of it that you can you're doubly judged yeah. so it's not as and you have not helping, and you have to put time into the creation of your online self which is a very different thing can you ever just close their eyes just say mm, if you're on facebook mm, if you're not uh, so say, mm, if when on Facebook, you sometimes feel the pressure of judgment. Uh, just say, mm, if you don't. Oh, more people don't feel the pressure of judgment. Say, mm, if you feel like you're judged more on your online profile than you are in life. Just say, mm, if you judge more in life. Wow. Okay. I've had the reverse experience uh, from the majority. <laughs> yeah, that's no, no, interesting. No, 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 yeah, no, I can align myself with that as well. Do you think we can get it right now? Do you think we can, like, I feel like it's so complicated, so complicated. being a woman, and there's a whole physical element and layer, and also now a pressure to be feminist as well, mm. and a pressure to get that right. But then I, I can feel how I think about skin and hair and body way more now than I obviously did when I was like 24, 25. But I'm working very closely, the person that I write with and, and work together with very closely, we met each other like 10 years ago or something. And I actually know we did not talk about that then. And now we find ourselves two hours deep into a conversation about four headlines. And we're like, we literally could have written a play. We could have done something amazing by now. And we're like, and we consider ourselves quite productive as well, but we do get lost in that bullshit and it does feel yeah. we have to shake ourselves and be like what is it that's making us do this i have one you... friend just one friend because most of the time i really try and live my kind of feminist values about not going on about that or talking about it or engaging with it and i have one friend like once a month we meet up and we just let it all out yeah, about yeah. we just kind of go yeah i'm feeling like i'm starting to look really old around here like do you yeah. think i look my old around here too? So I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and i just like, charged by the hour <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's looking at me horrified because Sophie no. would never do this because she is a better feminist than I am. No, I think I just, because I'm not as close to being conventionally attractive as you are, because you, no, 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 don't, no, you know what I mean, like, because I'm fat and that's quite a big thing of what's being hated, so I've really had to fight it. But because it was so connected to, like, depression and eating disorders and anxiety and all of that, I had to, like, full-on therapy for five years, like, kill it. So for me, if I started to go, is that a line or is that a spot or is that a whatever, then the whole, the whole castle would crumble and I would just be right back into I hate everything about myself all the time, I can't leave my house. So I think, I'm not judging you, <laughs> speaking of the two. And it's not, I'm not going, oh, I can't believe, because I totally get it. I've been doing that times a thousand through my whole teenage years. I think I'm just being a bit, not smug, but like grateful that I'm not doing it because it sounds... So painful and so tight. Like, like you say, we could have we could have written like a million plays. Like, if all mm. if everyone mm. would like stop judging themselves. Several trilogies of books, <laughs> long books. I could have probably yeah. written Game of Thrones in the time I've spent. <laughs> we could have like the books and the and the TV shows. We could have eradicated poverty and, and, and hunger by with all the money we spend on... I couldn't have done that, I'm much closer to being able to write Game of Thrones than I am With all the money that we spend on... free version of Game like of Thrones. Facial not. creams and Botox and shampoos yeah. and makeup and like all those money, all that time that goes into this illusion that we have to look a certain way could be so productive in another thing. And that's mm. why they're making us focus on that so we don't focus on, yeah, on all the things us. that are making their yeah. money.
It is bizarre that we feel that women need to look young all the time. We really do. I will look at a man who looks his age and that will seem right and normal and natural and he will be either sexy to me or not sexy to me, attractive to me or not attractive to me, but it will be nothing to do with his age. I mean, when people get incredibly elderly, that's a different thing. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if someone's in a bath chair and they, they have to be winched out of bed by a nurse, that is different. But up until that point, men... It feels like, yeah, they can just look their age and no one minds. But there's a certain age oh. as well when you start, like, a woman can just say her age and the first comment someone can make, thinking they're being nice, is, you don't look that age <laughs> at all. And I just wonder what, what age that begins at, because I didn't get that, like, 24, 25, they're like, sure, 26, sure, 27. <laughs> oh, you're 27. 28, you're not 29, probably around 30, actually. You look like you're in your twin. <laughs> it's like I didn't ask for that compliment. I feel a bit weird now. Yeah, yeah. yeah cos what's wrong with looking 31? I've looked 31 for years. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com We should have some questions. Some in the front row over here. Um, I was thinking about decision making. So... um... How do you find making decisions? Because I think social media is terrible for this, and I've got a really good set of friends from, you know, from school up till more recent, and we're really good. Every time we see each other, we'll sit down and go, "Oh, I'm really stressed. Like, um, yeah, they've got engaged, uh, they're having a baby, uh, they've got a new job. Um, I'm okay though, aren't I? Like, what I'm doing is fine." Um, and we reassure each other, and that's quite a nice network to have. But I was just wondering, obviously, um, you know, being off social media, do you find that helps you to just make a decision and? and stick to it and go, that's for me, that's what I'm going to do. I'm so pleased you have that amazing network of people. Um, They sound awesome. Um, Can she join one of your WhatsApp groups? Yes, can I come? Can I come? Um, I do. Uh, Affirmation WhatsApp groups. I I Um, feel bad I'm not in any of your WhatsApp groups now. Can I I be in one? Can we start one? Yes, yes. Just you and me. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Just Just me and my family. You're more than welcome. I'm fine. I'll change my name to Deborah um, Wallabridge if that's what it takes please, to get in your WhatsApp group. Flash. No, I'm absolutely terrible at making decisions. I find it really hard just to work out what to put on in the morning, even if I'm not going out anywhere. I'm just like, what does it mean? Um, but, yeah. So no, that, I'm completely crippled by indecision and I think probably made slightly better without the pressure of uh, social media. But I probably need some help. <laughs> It's funny because I'm writing character at the moment and that's her basic flaw, that she is crippled by indecision. And we kind of saw it as a, a quite a light-hearted thing at the beginning. And actually I'm thinking, no, at the deeper we go with this character, the more female she becomes for me as well and the more relatable she can be because it's like skipping through a minefield. You just don't know which is the wrong decision or the right decision, even when there isn't meant to be one, like what colour jumper you were. Mm. But it yeah. feels like there's always going to be a wrong decision. Indecision is basically self-judgment. It's storytelling indecision. It's, I tell this story, if I go over here, this will happen. If I tell I go over here, this will happen. And it's sort of judging those outcomes. So I think sometimes it's good to, to do a thing for a good reason and then understand you can't control the outcome. 
And that's a big thing for me. One of my friends who's a theatre practitioner putting on Facebook, like going into a theatre process, knowing you can't control the outcome. My life is always better when I try to be in that state of you don't have to control the outcome. But we also have like on Facebook and then people will be really, because people can just share a thought, even though it's the worst thought in the world. So someone will suddenly write on Facebook, oh, red jumpers are like the worst thing in the world is worse than Hitler. And then you go, <laughs> I thought red jumpers were okay. And then it gets a thousand likes from all of their ridiculous friends. And then it has no, like it has no anything. And then your red jumper will be on a BuzzFeed list of worst jumpers in the universe. And you just, I didn't even know that was a problem. And, and that's what you get. Your friends have been quietly going, Oh, yeah. Every time you've been wearing a red Or it's like the only thousand people in the world who thinks that are like a stupid journalist from BuzzFeed. And you, you just, you get sucked into this, oh, is that wrong now? And when you have, you know, I know we have mutual friends who do that, who put that up on Facebook and you go, oh, there's another thing that I didn't know was unpopular. And then it takes a lot of strength to go, no, I do think I'm right. Even though a thousand people were like liked it and said he was right about this, you have to go, no, 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 but I know, I know red jumpers are fine. Like, I know there's, there's nothing objectively wrong with red, right? No, there isn't. And We've then, got to come off social media, gang. Let's just all do it tonight. It's just ridiculous. It's funny how the conversation about judgment, though, has honed in. Yeah, so it's really interesting. It. Um, and, the, and yet these guys said they don't feel as judged on it. No, yeah, uh, no, interesting. But I don't know if we idea. know how judged we feel. Like, I, until I did that challenge, I had no idea I was judging myself so frequently. Uh, do you have anything? Where can people find you? Where can people see what you are doing? No, just my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow The Guilty Feminist on Twitter at GuiltyFemPod. Check out our Instagram uh, at The Guilty Feminist. Like our Facebook page, The Guilty Feminist. Sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. And go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. Or as and many stars no, as you <laughs> five think five it's star. worth. Five or five or four or three Why no don't, don't give it four or three I'm not, I won't suggest that no, give it five what are you wow. doing what are you doing <laughs> right right I feel like I turned you around though I'm like no, I felt like going no no three no give it three no no, no don't <laughs> give it up for Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, my best mate always says to me um, if you spoke to your friends like you spoke to yourself you wouldn't have any friends Nice. No, I mean, not specifically about me, but this is a nice saying that I'm not used to say. <laughs> it's a good one for judging. Oh, also, sign up for the Guilty Feminist Leadership event. It's a corporate event and it'll be amazing. Like, not corporate, but like a leadership, wow. a business, career, career. <laughs> Shit, it's not going to be good, is it? It's like leadership. You have been listening to the Guilty Feminist with me, Sophie Music was by Mark Hutch. The producer was Tom Sinitsky for the Spontaneity Thanks to Zoe, Med, Lauren, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit www.gilsyfeminist.com. I've never done either of those. And the first lot of new material that I did in the first episode, so they just didn't laugh at the top. <laughs> and I went, and I said to them, it's basically like... I've come to the edge of the stage and gone, guys, catch me, and jumped, and they've just gone, and I've gone. Hello, Guilty Feminists. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for all your support over the last year. Now, many of you have expressed a desire to get involved, to make some of these challenges real and alive, especially along the lines of career development, not apologising, stepping into the space. So we have some workshops. Now, these are just the start. We're just testing the waters here in London, and then hopefully we'll be able to bring them around the country and even even wider internationally. The first two will be on the 22nd and 23rd of April. Jessica Regan, who's an actor who was in the Gender Blind Henry V, and I are going to do a workshop on big speeches, uh, male speeches from Shakespeare, speeches from history, taking the space and owning it. You can book for those workshops on guiltyfeminist.com. The price will be £50 for a day workshop, 
but there will be £10 places for those who cannot afford the £50. And please chip in a little bit more for another feminist to join the workshop if you can afford more. We want these to be accessible to everyone and intersectional. Um, we also have more of a corporate leadership day. Many of you know that I go into the corporate world and work with women on taking up the space. So there's going to be a very big leadership event uh, with me speaking and other brilliant people that you can work with, uh, a special Guilty Feminist episode on negotiations uh, with Suzanne Williams, who is uh, well known for negotiating with people who have hostages for the government uh, and for other organisations. And that is going to be an incredible special leadership day. Hopefully you can get your company to sponsor you to come on that if you are in the corporate world. That day will be £195, but again, there'll be £10 places. Please chip in more if you can or pay if you can. If you can't, please write in and you can go on our list for a £10 place. Details of all these things are on guiltyfeminist.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.